Hello and welcome to the Road Trip Sports Podcast. My name is Harrison Crook and I'm joined as always by my co-host Oliver Gilmore. Ollie, how you doing? I'm doing well, Harrison. Uh, another weekend ticked off, unfortunately. It's, uh, they seem to be going pretty quick these days. They're flying by. Episode 27 we're up to. We've uh, we've done a few of these now, over half a year's worth. It's uh, It's been fun. When you think about it that way, there's been a lot of weeks. Um, it's been a lot of weeks. Half a year is a long time. Um, I never thought... Oh, I honestly didn't really have any expectation for how far we'd go. Uh our, our tolerance in it and our attention span, how long that was going to last. I didn't think I'd this. be able to tolerate you for this long. Fair enough, mate. <laughs> <laughs> You've tolerated me for 15 years, so... Yeah, done my best, done my best. Uh, well... Uh, if you enjoy the podcast, if you've liked all 27 episodes or even just a few of them, make sure you follow us on all of the socials at Road Trip Sports Pod. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. You can find us on YouTube. Uh, Road Trip Sports Podcast is what you need to search for that one. Uh, any inquiries, if you'd like to get in touch with us, uh, Road Trip Sports Podcast at gmail.com is the best way to reach us, but you can also slide into those DMs if you wish. Yeah, and... Um once again, we always love those questions uh, for our mailbag. Bit of a shorter mailbag this week because we've got some general things, some general sports discussions and just things to chat about. It's been a huge week in sports news, hasn't it? It really has, and we we're going to talk about each thing in depth, but there's actually been a fair bit going on this week, so we'll, we'll chat about a few things. But the first thing that I want to chat about is we've seen some free agent signings. It's the start of training camp for some NFL teams. Um, how have you sort of made the start... To the to the season, the NFL season. Um, it's always exciting. It's always exciting when you start to see the players with their fun little arrivals. You saw Aaron Rodgers doing the uh, Con Air um, arrival, which is pretty good. He loves the little buggy. <laughs> Absolutely, as, um, as well, as well. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I think it's very exciting. Unfortunately, this is the most common time for injuries. You saw um, uh, Ryan Jensen, the Buccaneers center, went down recently uh, with an injury, which is very unfortunate. And it's going to be spelled trouble, I think, for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But I think that's the biggest news you can take out of this time. Uh, I mean, I saw a tour pass, which was a beautiful 65-yard pass to Tyreek Hill. But it's first week of training camp. So I don't think you can take... There's not much good you can take from this time. Because what is it? You don't have a frame of reference. But the bad is the injuries, and the injuries are pretty bad when they happen now. Yeah, I've um, I've been subject to some injuries as a Packers fan. We've lost uh, Sammy Watkins has been injured. Um, who knows if he'll even play in week one? And that's what we want him for because uh, he'll probably play week one well as you he usually need, you does. You need him, yeah. Um, and then disappear after that. But we've also got Christian Watson <laughs> who is our rookie and he's looking a little bit knocked around. And David Bakhtiari has been put on the uh, PUP list. So it's uh, it's pretty grim because I think that they're saying that it was not an ACL or not um, MCL, PCL, those sort of types of injuries. But Wasn't it complications? It was like complications. Surgery, yeah. It was like real. It was like something different and there was no timeline. So he could be like, don't be surprised. I'm, I'd, I would hate to see it touch wood. Um, if his career's over, like I just That's think that he's sort say, of yeah. he's almost hit that age now where he's he's still pretty young, but like this would be his prime. Um, and for an O lineman, you need your knees. Knees, um, 30- knees are the first thing to go, and you see so many O linemen wearing those full heavy duty knee braces. And being in the game myself, they're expensive as dude. They're like they're heavy duty sort of stuff. So 
to to need those, you know that knees are important. Yeah, thirty years of age as well. So that's uh, it's not a good sign for the Packers and for Dave. Um, in what I think will probably be Aaron Rodgers last year, and whilst we're on that chat, I don't know if it will be this year because I thought we chatted about it last year. We thought, okay, Tom Brady will retire, and then Aaron Rodgers will get his um, big Swan Showtime song. look yeah. um, the year after. But I think that. If Rogers doesn't have any major aggression, he might stick around for one more. But I think if you know what, if Brady goes and then he'll go the year after, but I can't see them retiring two. the same season. Yeah, I, I agree. just can't see it. So I think he's got max two years left, um, minimum one year. So I think that for a lot you of players, Brady like outlasts Rogers. <laughs> nah, surely not. <laughs> surely it could happen. Not. It could happen. Brady, if as long as Brady stays healthy, he will play until the wheels fall off. I almost think that he thought he could get Gronk back as well, which I sort oh, of think 100%. that... He thought he could get out of Tampa Bay, is yeah. what he really thought. He yeah. thought he could strong arm his way to sunny Miami. Well, wouldn't that be good? But um, oh, you, you, so your good. team's had a pretty good off-season. Like, you've signed, you've, not, you've signed a couple of guys, you've got Tyreek Hill, but you're still a very young team. Um, it's still developing, so let's wait and see. New head coach. Yeah, very much a swing for the fences, a sort of off-season, where if... If some of those big moves like Tyreek Hill pay off, we're looking real good. And keeping Tour itself is a big move. And putting that trust in Tour is a big move. Even if it's a move not to pursue someone, that's still a big decision that's going to impact where this club goes for the next five years. Um, so I hope it works out. The recent stuff looks good, but the uh, the Dolphin social media has learned a thing or two about not showing to us faults on uh, on their social media now, <laughs> which is good. So no, no open training or anything like that. Yeah, keep but it under wraps. Yeah, we did. Uh, we did see um, Tyreek Hill go there, as you mentioned. But we also saw some wide receiver activity around the league. Now, as as a as a Packers fan, I'm thinking, oh, what wide receiver can we get? Terry McLaurin, DK Metcalf, Debo Samuel. They're all up for contract. Can we hopefully snag one of those that one of those teams doesn't want to sign them to a big extension? Yeah. We've now learned that all three of those players have signed those big extensions along with Mike Williams and a few other guys there as well. We also saw Julio Jones sign with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Oh, I don't know. If he stays healthy, that could be dangerous. Him playing the third wide receiver role? Yeah, a guy of Julio Jones stature being the third wide receiver somewhere, insane. I think he'll be a bit like AB. I think AB. The thing that people sort of didn't give him enough uh, praise for was the fact that he was still very, very athletic. Like yes. it wasn't. Yes. The fact he was just so athletic and he could make plays where Julio's a little bit. I mean, this dude's athletic. Like, don't get me wrong, but I feel like he's lost a bit of a step. I feel like he's going to be that almost replace Gronk as that red zone threat. I feel where he's he's that big body that can still go up and get it, um, and potentially yeah, they're looking red zone, they're looking ten yards in. Let's let's throw it up and see if Julio can't come down with it. Yeah, and we know that um, Chris Godwin's out for. I think it's going to be the start of the season. Um, he's he's on track to make it. He's on track to really? make it. Really? Wow. Last last I checked. So if they can get Godwin back, if they've got. Um, Mike Evans, Julio, uh, they've got some, uh, they got some pieces, and they signed um, Kyle Rudolph as well, didn't they? They did, they did. So um, they're, they're they're laughing. The thing is with with um, Godwin, I think there's no reason to bring him back week one. Like, do you know what I mean? It's almost like it's a big game though. They've got a big early stretch. Um, last I checked, it was Cowboys. They've got 
uh, the Chiefs, they've got the... Uh, sorry, the Cowboys, the Saints, the Chiefs, then the Packers as their first four. All the more reason to play under strength, like, in I, my I, opinion. I, I disagree. I think they need to win those first four games because they're the, they're the tough parts of your schedule. You get through those, you're laughing, and you can go get the one seat. It's one of those things where I think that no matter what, they're going to have to rush him back to get him back for week one. Definitely. Um, I think it makes other guys around the team sort of step up a bit. Um, I, I know as a Packers fan, when Devonta Adams was out, they look, all right, who's up next? Is it Lazard? Is it someone else like that? And I think that'll be good for Brady to establish that connection with Russell Gage. Um, new guys like that on the, on the roster that he doesn't have a connection with. Because we know these players like Brady and Rodgers, they much rely on personality connection it's not so much let's just throw it up to the best guy on the team like it's all about establishing um basically a partnership with these guys so if got you well i'm not saying i'm not saying don't bring back goblin for the first four because he's in for the sake he's injured but if there's any doubt if he's not ready you just got to rest him until the second half of the year like they're gonna make the playoffs let's be yeah. honest so Anyway, um, one of the new segments we wanted to start uh, this week was sort of just a news of the week. There's lots of things happening. It's a busy time for sports. So we wanted to just find a place where we could talk about a range of different topics um, that interested us throughout the week. Um, A sad news recently, uh, Bill Russell unfortunately passed away at age 88. Um, Do you have any memories of Bill Russell? Obviously, we were too young to see him play, but um, any thoughts on that, Oh. One of the um, greatest players of all time, um, but he's probably the winningest uh, player of all time with 11 championships. Insane. Ridiculous. The win- most winningest pro sports athlete of all time with that numbers. Yeah, of course. And I mean, he had five MVPs to go with that as well and 12 all-stars. So it's like funny. he's almost underrated because he's oh, never yeah. in any of the conversations of anymore. It's just all about that era. You know, how yeah. did he... Um, what guys did he play against? But, you know, he's still going against guys like um, Wilt Chamberlain and a few other big guys like that as well. Yeah. But um, it really was the big guys era when he played. So he sort of transcended the game on and off the court. Most people know him for the Bill Russell MVP award for the finals MVP. Um, but he was also inducted into the Hall of Fame a second time as a coach. Um, and he probably could have got it a third time if that existed, just um, <laughs> just as like a ambassador for the game. So yeah. pretty sad loss, but um, you know he probably had a bit of ill health towards Definitely. the end of his uh, end of his life, and you know, he'll be a very good innings as well. Very it is, run. mate. It is. Uh, another piece of news: uh, David Mundy, uh, famous Fremantle uh, player, is set to retire at the end of the season. Um, big loss for Fremantle, um, obviously, but yeah, what a player. Yeah, he said something that he wants to be renowned as a battler, and that's sort of what comes across oh, to definitely, me. Definitely, definitely. A bit of a battler, 370-odd games um, for Frio, and uh, wasn't going to reach that 400 mark, but I don't think he really needed to. No. I think this was the year for him. Um, he was one of those players that, you know how there's players on other teams where you just like, you can't help but respect them? He's He was definitely one of those guys where you're like, you no one really has any animosity towards him. Yeah, he reminds me a bit of um, Trav Boak, the way people yeah. think about um, him as well. But um, a one-club player, like, that's sort of... I love you that. Love I love that. the story. 100%. Um, so, a bit of loyalty there. There should be more. There used to be so many more of them. Needs to be more of them these days. Yeah, so, at the club since 2005, um, he was the number 19 overall pick in 2003 and only made his debut in 2005 so even a few years on that list as well before getting a game 
But um, yeah, he'll retire at the end of the year, which in a pretty pretty good career without a premiership. But um, I think I don't think he'll get one. But you know, a bit of a story to finish year anyway. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, next thing on the docket was the Nathan Cleary suspension. Did you see that tackle? I did, mate. I did. What do you make of it? That was just a utter brain snapper, I think. I think it, that's exactly what it was because um, he just threw all technique out the uh, out the window. Um, the main thing for me was not so much like the lift up. First of all, when you lift a player between legs, it removes all stability. It removes any chance, any balance, any center of gravity. So they're basically really vulnerable there and the tackler has control. So there's a bit of a duty of care there, but he drops him. He probably gets a week or two, but he drove him into the ground. Yeah. And I think that's what got the grade three charge. So he's looking at about five weeks. Definitely. And I mean, people will argue he, he did look like he was very remorseful afterwards. He knew what he did was, was wrong, but at the end of the day, they don't want that in the game. You've got to give him the uh, give him the big penalty for that one. Um, do you think he do you think he argues it at appeal? Uh, well, I think, and um, from my knowledge of the judiciary system, that he's going to plead guilty for the for the higher charge. Um, so he can get an early guilty plea, and then he can try and downgrade it. So try and downgrade the grade, right? Okay. Um, which is a bit hard to understand because it's like I'm guilty, but I mean it's to guilty to what is the question? So he's just trying to get gotcha. it down a little bit. Because if he if he pled uh, not guilty and lost, he would have got an extra week and missed first week of finals. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, as far as I, as far as I'm aware. Uh, well, that just makes sense then to uh, to go about it that way. Um, last one, uh, Geelong uh, got up again, this time in Joel Selwood's 350th game. Um, do you reckon they're minor premiers? Yeah, no doubt. No doubt in my mind they finish as minor premiers. Three rounds to go now, not too long. Um, they're ahead by a game and a little bit of percentage, so I think they'd have to drop one of the last three. They've got uh, St Kilda. They've got... Um, I'm trying to think of who else they've got to finish out the year, but nonetheless, I, I don't really think that they they um, they drop it there. But St Kilda, Eagles, Suns, you think they probably get all three and, and yeah. finish on top? So oh, that's a pretty easy run home. Um, yeah, it's it's been a very interesting AFL season this year. It's going to be very uh, interesting to see how the uh, top four and the top eight uh, shake out. Uh, last one in our sort of general chat uh, before we get into our big Albuquerque discussion, which we didn't mention at the top of the st- uh, show that we're talking all about Albuquerque, New Mexico uh, this episode. Uh, but the start of the Commonwealth Games uh, recently started. Australia are going absolutely amazing, um, as most would expect uh, with our sporting prowess and being not having some of those traditional powers that we we come under in the competition, but uh, currently Australia have got, as of recording, 52 medals with 22 being gold and well clear of England in second place. Now, the medal standings are ranked by gold medal. Do you think this is the right way to do it? Because we're having a bit of chat about it before. I'm not so sure. Yeah, well, it's interesting. It's It looks weird to look at. Like We've got South Africa in fourth, who they've won uh, six medals total. Um, only four gold, and then we've got Canada behind them on the rankings. Three gold, but eighteen medals. So ten more medals, but they're still in fifth place. It, it looks weird. Um, you mentioned at the top of the show that maybe they do like a three-two-one system with the medals, but yeah. Before the show, I was thinking that the fairest system because you, I think you need to give some sort of um, 
value to Some those way, lower yeah. medals, but obviously you can't rank them as equal to the gold medals because obviously that's the point of the competition is to come first. So I think that having a 3-2-1 system, if you're going to rank them, three points for a gold, two points for a silver, one point for a bronze, almost like you're counting Brownlow votes. Um, and that's the way we decide the winning country. Um, I, I mean, there's you never really get anything for winning the Olympics or the Commonwealth Games, but it, it'd be nice to do it that way because then you, it, you can fully gauge the best country at the Games. Yeah, I, I, I don't see it happening, though, just because they're, we're traditionalists, especially with our Olympics, our Commonwealth oh, yeah. Games, any um, medal awards. I think that's just how it's been run for hundreds of years, and I think they'll try and keep it as similar um, to to the inaugural uh, Games as they can. So um, it'll be interesting to see, but this year in Birmingham, uh, interesting venue. I saw the... Um, the opening ceremony, which looked pretty interesting, but yeah. haven't caught up with too much of it. I'm, I'm, I just being at work during the day and makes it hard. Definitely makes it hard. Uh, well, moving on now, we're going to chat all things Albuquerque, New Mexico. Uh, very exciting. Um, so yeah, Albuquerque. Uh, I recently went to Albuquerque um, on my US trip. That we talked about most of it last week because I spent most of my time in LA. Um, but we went to Albuquerque, so uh, we're going to chat about it today. Albuquerque is the most populous city in the U.S. state of New Mexico with a population of approximately about 560,000. Uh, and it's the 32nd largest city in the U.S. That actually surprised me that it ranked that high. Yeah, yeah, wow. Um, now, they've got no pro, pro sports teams, but they do have a AAA baseball team. So that's in the minor leagues for those who don't follow the baseball. Uh, the Albuquerque Isotopes. Uh, now, if you're thinking, I've heard that name before. They're named after a joke in an episode of The Simpsons where the uh, Springfield Isotopes um, are proposed to be moving the franchise to Albuquerque. Um, so they they had a vote. Um, in the city for the name and someone as a joke put Albuquerque Isotopes and everyone thought, yeah, that's funny. I'll, I'll vote for that. And that became the name. Uh, and then they've also got a Division Two soccer team, uh, New Mexico United there. So uh, probably our smallest sports city that we've covered so far on the on the trip, but they're on the podcast, sorry, but they're very passionate about their sport there. It reminds me, I was trying to, I was going to about to ask you a question, but before I do, I wanted you to try and think of um, another city, maybe an Australian city that you can try and bring any sort of likeness to, but I think it, it reminds me a lot of Louisville in Kentucky. Um, we're talking the yeah. 28th and 32nd most populous city. But yeah, it just reminded me a little bit, just the look of the um, downtown there, um, which was interesting. But do you have any sort of comparison that you can think of in Australia anywhere different? It's hard to compare it to Australia. Um because it is so, it's so many, it's a blend of so many different cultures. So going around, we did like a trolley tour and um, got to see the sights of Albuquerque. And it's it's a weird blend of United States, Mexico, Spain. It's very odd place to visit, but definitely would recommend it. Very quirky. It looks like almost like Parramatta like 30 years ago. <laughs> like <laughs> yeah, the, okay, weirdest yeah, way, that. the weirdest way of putting it like, before Parramatta sort of become a bit of a mecca out in Western Sydney. But yeah. like, I don't know, it just gives that vibe a bit like it's still living in the 90s, you know what I mean? Yeah, it does feel very 90s. That That's a good way to describe it, yeah. Um, no, very interesting, interesting city. And it had little pockets of 
different things everywhere. Like there's an area, like the rich sort of area, was the only area that actually had grass. The rest of it's, wow. it's dirt and barren and things. Desolate, yeah. And then there's the rich area, which has all the grass. And it's actually where a lot of shows are filmed. So we, t- we n- obviously know that Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul are um, iconic shows filmed in Albuquerque, but they actually film a lot on the main sort of rich street of Albuquerque. It's been shown to be so many different cities in movies because it looks like any town USA. Um, so it's a great place to film because they can dress it up to look like anywhere um, in the US. So... Um, yeah, it's a big mecca for yeah TV shows and movies. It's actually the second uh, most popular filming location um, in the US behind, obviously, LA, um, which I was very interested to find out. And one of the most disappointing parts, however, was despite being set in Albuquerque, uh, High School Musical was actually filmed in Utah, and that annoyed yeah. me to no end. Yeah, they usually do that with... Uh with some films so they'd love to film in utah and say it's everywhere because it's sort of got a bit of a different vibrant yeah. it's like it's it's foresty but it's deserty it's got sort of got a bit of everything <laughs> yeah I, I got so excited um when mom said hey we're gonna go to albuquerque for a night and i was like yes high school musical the whole time mom we're just going to the high school musical locations looked them up there in utah and i was like well what do we do in albuquerque <laughs> well that as you mentioned before they do have breaking bad stuff there did you do a tour? Did you see the Twisters, the motel? Did you see a, the car wash? Did you see... What's the dog house, I think it is? The hot dog place there? Did you see any monuments or anything? We did. We did like a generic Albuquerque trolley tour, but it was very much um, Breaking Bad inspired. There were lots of different sites to see, seeing all the houses of the main characters, seeing um, all those famous sites. I, I never have actually seen Breaking Bad, so it didn't resonate as much with, uh, with me as it might have with others. But, um, my mum watched Breaking Bad. She was a big fan. So she was pointing out, go, Oh, take a picture of that. Take a picture of that. Um, so yeah, definitely really cool. And I'm, I'm, am looking to watch it, the watch show it. back and it's going to be really weird. Go, oh, been there, been there. Oh, that's there. Um, but yeah, looking forward to a rewatch. Yeah, I'm actually rewatching it at the moment. I'm into season two. I'm doing a bit very quick binge. Yeah. Um. Yeah, because I want to watch the end of Better Call Saul. Yeah, which gotcha. Which is uh, coming up to the wards. The I think it's the They're final the season, season of that. Now, so, yeah. um, I want to go back around, watch the movie, watch Better Call Saul. Um, but yeah, I mean Albuquerque it is that is that smaller city with um, no major sports teams. But I, I mean, it's it's too small, and it's it, it's hard to think that they'll ever get a sports team there. But yeah, I mean they they are very passionate about their sport. Um, like I said, the Albuquerque Isotopes, which is the stadium um, that I actually got to do a tour of, and the reason why we are able to talk about Albuquerque on the podcast. Um, yeah, they're very passionate about their sport there, and they're big fans of uh, University of New Mexico, the Lobos. Yeah, I have heard that, and they're they're a decent basketball team. Not so sure if they go real good in the um, in the NFL. Very the average football, average football team, but the uh, the pit, the the stadium for the basketball team is very famous for being a very tough place to play and a tough place to go in and uh, beat them in. How close is Albert? Albuquerque to, to Texas, you know, your El Paso's, that sort of thing? Um, I mean, we didn't travel there, but it is fairly close. Um, it, you can definitely, it feels Texas at times, like some of the areas and uh, and some of the restaurants around feel very Texas-inspired. 
Um, but yeah, I'd have to look up how far they actually are apart. Yeah, you know, look, that's fair. Um, I mean, did you have anything to mention about Albuquerque? I mean, it doesn't have to be sports related, but just from your trip. Um, I think the main the main one was the the Isotope Stadium. They, we uh, we went around on the trolley tour to start the day because we only had a day in Albuquerque. It was a weird. Um, we couldn't get a flight home direct from LA because um, we booked the flight there. We couldn't get the flight back direct from LA. Um, so we're looking around, looking around. Mum finally decided, all right, let's look at some surrounding places. And for some reason, there was a flight from Albuquerque that went Albuquerque to LA, LA to Sydney. But we couldn't just pick it up from LA. Um, so we flew out to Albuquerque, spent uh, like got in at 10 o'clock, spent the night in Albuquerque, and then got the whole next day before we flew home. And so we were like, what do we do? So we, we did a trolley tour to sort of see the sights, and then we decided to go to the, the Isotope Stadium. Um, and we, we booked in advance, we booked a tour, and we were very excited for it. Um, but yeah, it was absolutely unreal. Uh, one, of the, one of the coolest experiences on the whole trip. What are some things that you saw at the stadium that was different or even just similar to your normal stadium tour, but what were some of the cool things that you saw? Well, the, the first of all coolest thing was it, the stadium tour. I was expecting it to be sort of like uh, what we'd had in the past where it's we're on a group, we're guided through um, sort of thing. But it it wasn't a guided... like It, it wasn't a group tour at all. We had a, like a private tour um, with the with one of the PR guys um, just came out and met us said, hey, how you doing? Like, yeah, happy to take you around and got to chatting with him like formed quite a bond and he took us through the whole stadium like basically just said where do you want to go let's let's go have an explore and have a wander so we got to really take our time through it and um explore things uh like have a drink and sit down and um like just chat and look out at the field so it was really cool to see all the sights and it's such a cool family-friendly feel at those minor league stadiums yeah well it would be because it'd be a place to take the family, um, it'd probably be more so than the MLB being a bit cheaper, you'd think, but yeah, even bit, that Simpsons attraction as well. Did yeah. you see any Simpsons stuff? They did. They had uh, statues of all the Simpsons characters uh, littered around the stadium. Um, so you had to go around and sort of try and find all the all the Simpsons characters around. But yeah, um, definitely very Simpsons inspired um, throughout. Well, um I don't think Albuquerque is on my bucket list of places to travel, mate. But if I do come across it, um, yeah, I don't think I will. I don't. Th- I'd, honestly, I'll put it on record that I don't think I'll ever go to Albuquerque. But if I do get a frequent uh, frequent flyer that says let's uh, let's take me through there, I'll be sure to stop in and see the Isotope Stadium. Um, I'll definitely lock myself in for a Breaking Bad tour. But anything yeah. else that you can think of. Uh, I think they're the main things um, that Albuquerque have got to offer. They do a hot air balloon uh, tournaments out there just with the weather. Um, but yeah, I, it, it was a very interesting place because a lot of people are like, well, why why did you come to Albuquerque <laughs> sort of yeah, thing? Yeah. Like they, don't, they don't get many tourists uh, often, especially from overseas. But um, look, if you're passing through, definitely stop by because it, it's got a real funky... Uh, different vibe with the city. Um, yeah, I enjoyed it. I loved it. Was the first thing that they asked you, did they ask if you're a big Breaking Bad fans to go to Albuquerque? Like, is that what they asked? Uh, yeah, they did a bit, yeah. Um, and then, yeah, mum was a Breaking Bad fan, so they're like, oh, okay, okay. And is that why you came? No, no. <laughs> just just a stopover. Um, 
but yeah, awesome experience. And yeah, they really took care of us, especially at the uh, at the Isotope Stadium. The guy came down and gave us a whole bunch of free merch and like a signed baseball, all this sort of um, awesome stuff. And we were like, we didn't, and we didn't have to pay a cent for it too. They were just like, they were just happy to take us around. So we tipped him very handsomely for that because he uh, he did an awesome job and uh, yeah, very friendly out there. Unreal, mate. And I've got my isotopes hat so i'll be rocking that um you'll see me wearing that hat around actually it's similar similar to a um hat that i had of the adelaide bite in the australian baseball it's actually like similar colors um yeah right but i actually i can't find that hat i think i've lost it um so it'll be my new red and black replacement hat mate and i'll have to wear it um have to wear it not everywhere i go but uh i'll have to wear it um you know sparingly so we'll, well see. speaking about hats uh the as a podcast we wanted to branch out and we're starting up some merch so we're looking at getting some new hats at the moment we're looking at like a lot of different designs but reach out to us if you'd be interested to grab one of the very first pieces of road trip sports podcast merch uh reach out get in touch at road trip sports pod um and let us know if you'd like some because we'd like to sort of gauge how many to order and who's sort of interested so yeah definitely reach out to us there and uh let us know if you'd be interested yeah we're looking at some cool uh cord hats at the moment with our uh popping logo but yeah let's just get a bit of an interest first h and hopefully we can get a few people on board sounds good sounds good uh well that's about it for our albuquerque chat uh now as we said, training camp has started. We're ramping up. We're coming into the NFL season, and we're not far away now. So over the next few weeks, we're going to be previewing uh, each division in the NFL. We're going to do two a week, and we're going to judge it based on the uh, directional location. So this week, we're the North. We're the North indeed. Um, so we're doing NFC North and AFC North this week, To just to clarify. Yeah, so we thought this would give you a bit of an insight into the season to come, but also a little bit of reference to to last year, a little bit of reference to a bit of history there as well, but it should give you um, a bit of, hopefully a bit of excitement for the upcoming season. We'll try and include our division um, predictions there as well, so, but... Without further ado, should we get into it? I'll start off, we're going to start off with the NFC North here, um, my Packers division, so there might be a little bit of green throughout here, but we're going to start off with the best player. Now, the best player, it's I think it's consensus, it's the uh, reigning two-time MVP, um, and that's Aaron Rodgers. So yeah. Rodgers was able to put up a, a significant year last year. But just he can't seem to get the job done. But hell of an arm, able to go out there and lead his team to pretty much every uh, regular season win. He just can't seem to do it in the um, the big dance. But yeah, he's had a few very uh, famous collapses lately. It's been quite unfortunate to see, but he definitely is a class above the rest of the quarterbacks in that division. Yeah, very fair. You you in agreement with that? Yeah, I hundred percent agree. Um, not just quarterbacks, sorry class above everyone else in the division um yeah i think he's a terrific player and and yeah as we know with you being in this uh conversation this list is going to be dedicated to the green bay packers isn't it well i think uh it will be but not without any major i mean not without much controversy i think that we're both in in agreement with pretty much all here but um 100 best team 
it's got to be the Green Bay Packers. They've lost Adams. Detroit Lions, for sure. <laughs> I still think they've got the pieces <laughs> there. So I'm going to give them the best team, best offense. Who have you got as the best offense? <sighs> You're going to make me say this, aren't you? I sure am. The Detroit Lions. Jared Goff led Detroit. <laughs> no, it's, it's the Packers. Of course it's the Packers. We can just go Packers. They're the best. Let's move on. And I'd, I'm going to give them the best defense as well. They've tooled up. Um, some would say questionably tooled up. Um, let's then let's take out the Packers from both offense and defense. Who is closest to getting their number? Oh, it's got to be the Vikings for, for sure. For both? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I, I agree. The Bears probably used to have a very, very good defense, but they lack it. They lack very good corners, which Aaron Rodgers will just burn you with those rookie corners. So. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Best special teams. Now, this was hard because looking yeah. at the NFC North, they, I reckon I can safely say they've got the worst collegiate of special teams in the entire NFL. This is bad. I'm not going to... It's not the Packers. Mason Crosby couldn't kick a field goal. He seems to uh, have these years. One, one every four years... Um, he's unable to kick field goals and it's just uh, what is going on with yeah. the Packers season and we saw their collapse last year that was a, that was one of the very first ever special teams losses I've ever seen like that was that game was lost by their special teams yeah it was um, and you know <laughs> you know it was when they go out and sign and try and steal a special teams coordinator that's how much um, <laughs> they were really clutching but yeah. um, they've got a new special teams coordinator now, but they're not number one on this list. We've went with the Detroit Lions. Ooh, explain that one to me. Mate, it was uh, a bit of a thought Slim process diggings. where it was Khalif Raymond kicking um, on kick return. Not too bad. Yeah. Um, not too bad of a punter kicking collegiate there. It's just one of those things where... They're just above average, and everyone else seems to be below average. Um, yeah, Greg Joseph isn't a real good kicker for the Vikings, um, and Prater's not there anymore, but... Uh, Who's the kicker for the Bears? It's the Bears? Is it still Santos? Yeah, I think it is, hey. Yeah, but... Uh, there's, the, there's not much to pick from there, is there? And they, they've got Riley Patterson, who's a bit of a young guy for them, uh, and it's really, what do you say, is, is Robbie Gould, is he... Is he at the Bears? Who knows? No, he's, he's he's, he was Niners. at the Bears. Yeah, yeah, to the Niners. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's easy to say because um, I just remember Robbie Gould last year kicking the field goal. Oh, that was in the head straight away. It's funny yeah. how I reckon the kicker gets in the player's head, kicking field goals mm-hmm. over their head. But um, very slim pickings there, but going to have to go with the Lions. Fantasy player. Who are we drafting in our fantasy comp? Well, it's got to be Dalvin Cook, surely. Yeah, for sure. Um, who uh, Would you take Aaron Jones second, maybe? Yeah, probably Aaron Jones. Um, well, if you want to take a wide receiver, it'd be Justin Jefferson by the length yeah. of the uh, Flemington straight. Um, <laughs> but and that's in, how much he's going to burn the corners this year. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, he, I think he'll struggle with the Packers corners because they're just they've. Got, I think they've got a good depth of corners, but really, um, for a fantasy player, usually those running backs are the ones that get you those points, especially in a PPR format. Dalvin Cook catches passes, so does Jones, and I think. Jones is going to get a huge workload in the passing game, and I think we'll see um, AJ Dillon run the ball more. Yeah. But I think that Dalvin Cook is still that all-round player that I'd want in my fantasy team if I had the choice. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Uh, best draft. Um, I don't know. Uh, you got to look at the Detroit Lions, I reckon. The Hutchinson pick is just... That's a that's a stud pick. 
I think so too, and I think they were happy to get him at two. So I think that's a solid, a solid pick there, and a bit of a bit of an obvious choice. So I think that that alone, they got is it Jameson Williams they picked up as well. Yeah. Um, so they've, I think they they had a pretty solid draft as well. So, but moving on to best coach, this probably comes without a without a surprise. It's uh, it's Matt Lafleur, and um, worst fan base. Now, Worst this is fan base. This is a bit of a funny one. This is you just toweling up someone else. Yep. So all of a sudden, I laugh react to a couple of Vikings posts, and they're in my <laughs> newsfeed on Facebook every day, just going the most ridiculous crap I've ever seen. Like them posting, mate, the Packers are well and truly in their head. I've never seen anything like it. Like every post, it's almost like um. It's almost like the reverse Essendon for me. Like, Essendon are in my head, but just because I hate them so much, not because they're good. But the Vikings absolutely despise the Packers. Try and get in all these jokes and, like, uh, is is so-and-so the best, like, defensive player or I'm not just scared of the Vikings. I'm just... It's just hilarious, so... Oh, you know how much uh, you've been uh, reacting to the Vikings post, right? I'm seeing them in my feed. <laughs> I'm That's seeing unreal. all the ones you've laugh reacted at in my feed. That's unreal. Got to calm it down, mate. Uh, best fan base, go on. Well, it's got to be the Packers. But um, after the years of the Packers um, whinging, I think the Packers they're they're very all their fans are very they're very they're very diehard. I'd say. Yeah. Um, which oh, of course. Comes to a de- a detriment of a team when you know. They're fighting for absolutely everything. They're all... Everyone will come up with an excuse about why Rodgers loses or... Yeah. Um, you know, it was the special teams. It was the cold. Like, every, I think the Packers are a bit of an excuse fan base. And the but blame I, never falls on Rodgers either. Yeah, but I still think they're one of the best fan bases. We, you know, we mentioned their tailgating before, but... Yeah, I mean, who's your best rookie? That's our next superlative. Oh, it's Aiden Hutchinson. Yeah, it's got to be at this point. Easy. Unproven. Easy. Unproven for all the other prospects, so it's got to be the best available there. Well, he was the almost Cons- like consensus, consensus number, number one. one. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, very pro ready was the uh, the talk coming out of college as well. So if he hits the ground running, watch out. Brad, Detroit might even go like five and twelve. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, watch out. Well, I reckon they're going to want to lose this year so they can get a decent quarterback in a decent class. So bye bye golf. You never know, he might come out and uh, sling the ball, but I highly doubt it. <laughs> um, best divisional game. What what game are we looking forward to this uh, this season in the North? Well, I'm looking forward to the Vikings v Packers week one, but it's got to be week 16. We think at this time it's going to decide the division. Yep. Yeah, 100%. 100%. Uh, best dynasty? Is it a question? No, not really. We were debating whether to ask this question. Give it to the Packers. Uh, surprise Pro Bowler. I've got Roquan Smith from the Chicago Bears. Right. Enough. Has he never been to a Pro Bowl? Never been to a Pro Bowl. Right. So, okay. Khalil Mack, Gornskis. Yep. So, I think he probably has to step up a bit there. He needs to play that role. Um, as a linebacker, as a defensive end, or whatever position that they choose him to play in. He's a bit of a versatile player. Yep. So, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. He's been around the mark... Um, and he's had a couple second-team All-Pros, but funnily enough, no Pro Bowl. So I think you'll get it this year is my call. Yeah, wow. Um, a couple more to finish. Best rivalry? I think it's got to be one of the best rivalries in sports, and that's the Packers versus Bears. But I think more Oldest of these rivalry days, in the NFL. I think 
these days it's like it's hard to sort of get behind that rivalry but i still think that it's just it's it's got to be the best rivalry in that nfc north no matter what so, so condescending can't get behind the rivalry it's just too easy we own you exactly right my friend <laughs> um all right here it is one two three four prediction go number four detroit lions surprisingly no i <laughs> am shocked <laughs> number three chicago bears i'm still shocked number two the minnesota vikings oh, i would have loved you to say green bay there and number one the green bay packers um what do they go this year yeah 12 and 12 and 5 yeah 12 and 5 do you reckon they get the what seed do you reckon I, actually i want to say 11 and 6 or 12 and 5 depending on health yeah I think 11-6 actually sounds a I bit I don't more. think they get the one of the first two seeds this year, though. Reckon like third or fourth? Yeah, I'm yeah. thinking so. I think there's got to be some sort of regression. Like, there has to be. At, at some point. There's no way that Rodgers can come there's out. There's too many other good teams. Like, you look at the Rams, you look at the Bucks. Like, they're going to have to fall. Yeah, yeah. I've, and they're going to have a hard schedule based off their performance last year. So, um, they are playing your Dolphins on Christmas Day, which I'm oh. looking forward to. So. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas indeed. I'll enjoy my first present at, um, I'm not sure what time it is Australian time, but It'll I'll... it be like early Boxing Day morning or something. Yeah, I'll enjoy my Christmas presents uh, on Christmas Day and then I'll wake up 5am Boxing Day, start off my day with a win and get into the rest of the other sports. So it should be good. Uh, I'm debating whether I want to watch that with you or not. I don't yeah. think I do. I'm keen for that free lock of the week. I'm keen for that free lock of the week pick. So You jerk. Hey, Tua's going to run wild on you. Just you wait. <laughs> I can't even say that with a straight face. Well, that probably does move into the AFC now. The AFC North. Yep. Um, I've had my bit of a chat about the NFC North. So I think we'll lead you as the as the director of this one. But The, the quarterback yeah, of this one. Best player, mate. Who's the best player? In the AFC North. Is it Joey Burrow? It is not. There you go. It's his mate, Jamar Chase. And Absolute stud of a receiver. It's Gonna not It's not Lamar, but not Lamar? No, it's not Lamar. Uh, Jamar Chase is an absolute weapon. You saw what he did his first year. If that's one year in, if that's a rookie doing that, put a year under his belt, put another year of lifting weights, put another year of less COVID restrictions, and hello, Jamar Chase going off. I suppose you can't have a running back in Lamar Jackson as the um, best player. So, fair I, enough. I saw there. a headline the other day, which like, oh, Lamar Jackson uh, has been learning to throw spirals, like, and oh, their spirals are looking pretty decent. And it's like, you want a bloody hope, so? <laughs> like he's an NFL quarterback, he's won MVP. Um, the one thing about Jamar Chase that really caught my eye was the Madden twenty three wide receiver rankings. Did oh. you see it? joke let me uh, what do i even say here's a couple players a uh, uh, couple players that are better um according to madden then first of all debo samuel had one of the best years other than cooper cup last year he's an 88 88 yeah so in front of debo samuel and jamar chase dk like- metcalf godwin lockett michael thomas who didn't even play last year <laughs> who is mr slant and he can't even run slants anymore his ankles that that ruined um amari cooper who's solid terry mclaurin keenan allen mike evans then you start to get into the top cream cream of the crop but uh 
Yeah, they've really done my boy dirty here. Yeah, they sure have. They sure have. I thought you were going to get into like some sort of Kanye rant then. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm going to let you finish. <laughs> but Jamar Chase just put up one of the best seasons of all time. Um, DJ Moore, Adam Thielen. No, DJ rating. Moore. No. Same rating. Yuck. That's disgusting. What oh, that's say? disgusting. That's gross. Go away. Anyway. Best team, mate. So, best team. Will this come as a surprise? I think it will because there is a. You can make a pretty good case for any of these teams, maybe bar the Steelers, for being the best team. I think the Steelers really need to sort out that quarterback room before we can put them back in that conversation. But I think the Ravens have got a really solid roster. They're the current odds on favourite to win the division, which is surprising. Uh, I think the Browns have a really solid case if the uh, there's not a solid case against their quarterback. Um, and I think that the best team has to be the defending AFC champion, the Cincinnati Bengals. Mate, they made a Super Bowl. It's got to be them. How the hell... I don't the, understand it. The, yeah. What are the bookies on? I don't $2.80? Hold on. Dad, not listening to this one, mate. I'm about to put ten grand on the on the Bengals <laughs> to win the division at two dollars eighty. I mean, it's it's not it's not that easy. No, it, it really they, they were a real roughy sort of team that came good at the right time. They had a few. No, I'm not going to say lucky wins, but they had a few very in form wins against quality opposition to make the Super Bowl. I don't think they're just a lock to go straight back there, but. You're doing them dirty if you're having them anything less than like the odds on favourite. Exactly. And they've got one of the most improved offensive lines in the NFL, at least on paper anyway, with uh, Ted Carras, Alex Kappa, Lyle Collins. They've That's picked a up, decent O-line, yeah. They've picked up some starters um, this year, not just some depth, but some starters. And I think they'll go deep into the playoffs. I think they... They might lose in the AFC Championship or the maybe AFC the divisional. Is stacked though. You look. You got the Chiefs. You got the Bills. You got the you got the Bengals. You got the Ravens. You've got. I mean, there's so many teams this year that I don't know. I just don't know. I think it'll. I think uh, my early Super Bowl prediction. I know that's not the question, but I've just got to throw that in there. And I uh, reckon I'm going to go the Bills. I reckon the Bills are going to win it all this year. Oh, Shut Much up. to your disgust. Shut up. No. No, that is not our official podcast prediction. I'm not having it. Um, <laughs> next up, we got best offense. It's the Bengals. Yeah, Bengals for sure. Like You just you, you ride Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase to the moon. And I'll tell you what, I reckon T. Higgins is going to be very good this year. Mm. Um, and they've got good wide receiver depth, um, which is crazy. Um, yeah. Like Tyler Boyd last year did nothing. Which yeah. is crazy because like two years ago he was their number number two. Um, so uh, best defense. This was a bit of a toss up, um, but I had the Pittsburgh Steelers. I reckon you've got you look at what you look at Minka. You've got the there's Tomlin there leading the show. I think they're still the cream of the crop in the division. I'm a big fan of the Ravens defense, but their front it's like their front seven isn't very good. Yeah. Like, I think that's what sort of lets them down. They've got a very good secondary, though, which is interesting. Mm. Um, but I think that 
it really lets them down on that line. So I think I wouldn't have them there, but I think they're probably it's sort of probably a bit close. Even though like the Browns aren't too bad either. They, They've got a decent secondary as it's well. It's probably one of the most even divisions in football this year. Like you could make a case for any of these teams. And that that that's a good division. That's really good football. Um, best special teams. As long as the uh, the leg Justin Tucker is there, it's going to be the Baltimore Ravens. Any disagreements? Well, no, because I think the Tucker's that far ahead of all their, all their other kickers. Greatest of all time. Um, but Jakeem Grant is going to the Browns, and I witnessed live him torch the Packers last year, and he had a great season. He had a great season. Um, he was a good player in Miami, yeah. Yeah, so I think that he'll be another great... Um, piece to the Browns and hopefully give them a bit of a spark on the offense. Um, but I still think that it's got to be the Ravens there. Yeah, I tend to agree. You're going to double down, my friend? 100%. Jamar Chase, best fantasy player for sure. Now, who I will be drafting him if I have half a chance. Fair enough. I hope, what are you gonna I hope dra- no one in my league is listening. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're in a couple, so maybe snag him in one at least. Oh, definitely. Um, draft who had the best draft in the AFC North do you think I think I've got to say the Ravens I mean you look at their list they had two first round picks they had Kyle Hamilton at 14 uh, they had uh, Tyler Linderbaum at 25 um, they've just even as you look down they've got six different picks in round four um, if they hit on even some of that late round talent um, they're they're laughing uh, I think they've had a really good draft. They've filled positions of need and uh, reloaded, ready to be one of the forces in the AFC again. I'm a big fan of David Ajobo, um, or Jabo. Uh, he last year suffered um, a torn Achilles, but he Achilles, but he would have went a lot earlier. Like he would have yeah. went a lot earlier. So I think that basically. They've got some guys later in the draft as well that are sort of that hit or miss, like that he could be injury plagued and he might not turn out as um, as great as some other guys. But if you've got six fourth rounders it's and only like one of them hits, worth it. Exactly, exactly. Now this one, a little bit of to and throw, but I think that the best coach has got to be Mike Tomlin. Yeah, the argument would be um, John Harbour, but and I mean both Super Bowl champions, but. The way that Tomlin always gets a that team has not been very good for the past couple of years, like low key. The way that he still gets them up and ready to play, like they could legitimately win any game despite being a um, not as good team as the opponent. Like they're they're very very much a lower ranked team at the moment, but they can still get up and and take anyone on the day. I think that's all credit to Tomlin. Yeah, I think so. And uh, longevity is a big thing here. So we'll wait and see what happens this year. Kenny, yeah, I don't know. We'll wait and see what our division rankings are. Can he bring a team? Can he bring them to the top? Definitely, definitely. Um, worst fan base is next. And I've got to say the Baltimore Ravens. I just don't, I don't take much notice of them. I think that that's probably a thing. I don't really have much to comment on here. I don't have a lot to do with I've seen Norse a bit of a nothing league in a way. Like, it's... I don't know. It just... It, it never really... Like, the Bengals, obviously, last year, but it's such, like, a vanilla league, in my opinion. I don't know. It's just the way it's always come across to me. Yeah, that's fair enough. Um, best fan base, I think it's still... They've been bad for so long. Those loyal fans, give them their credit. I think it's the Cleveland Browns. 
Yeah, I'll, I'll take that, mate. Um, best rookie. Oh, this is a big one. I'm going to go for a big swing here. Kenny Pickett at the Steelers. If he gets the starting job, I mean, he's, he's up against Mitch Trubisky, so take that as you will. Um, but when he starts week one, he is going to be absolutely unreal. Yeah, I, I think he's definitely not going to start week one. <laughs> he's, can I remind you, he's up against Mitch Trubisky. So when Kenny Pickett starts week one, I think he's going to take off. Mitch Trubisky is training with the first team, mate. And, uh, For now. As funny as that is, I think he'll probably get a couple of weeks and then they'll throw him out of there. Ohio's own boy. <laughs> but um, I'm going to go with the safe selection. I'm going to bunt the uh, ball here. I'm going to get to first base just to start because this guy's ahead of the competition. And everyone goes like, oh, he only had one interception last year. Yes, because they did not throw the ball towards him. They're scared of because him. Because Kyle Hamil- Hamilton for the uh, Baltimore Ravens is a safety they're not going to throw the ball towards him. He's a big hitter. Um, he's an athletic. He play actually. He's got family connection with basketball. Um, but yeah, I mean, committed as a wide receiver. Like he's just got a bit of everything. He's a hard nose. You know, the Ravens produce good safeties. I think he'll be part of that list. Yeah, I tend to agree. Best divisional game, it's got to be Week 18, Ravens at Bengals. That could just very well decide the division. I think that that's a big, big matchup. And the fact that it is in Cincinnati without giving too much of a uh, a preview to our prediction coming up shortly, but I think the Bengals take that one. Yeah, look, it'll be interesting to see. Um, I'm keen on the Bengals this year, as I mentioned. Chuck my 10 grand on them, let's go. <laughs> oh, goodness. Uh, best dynasty, they've won six Super Bowls. It's the Pittsburgh Steelers. Let's move on. Green and yellow, green and yellow. <laughs> <laughs> they go against the pack, mate. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> they've won six of them, though, mate. That so, is true. Um, not too much talk from you. Yeah, the um, they're definitely the best dynasty here, and it's not even a question. Not even close. Uh, surprise pro bowler. Uh, I don't know. What do you think? Uh, it's tough, mate. Um. It's, it's tough. It's like, what do you call a surprise? Do we want to call them our first time pro bowlers? Like, I think it's got to be. Yeah, it's probably got to be in this situation. Yeah. Now, you've written down someone here who was, I think, was bang average last year. But he's a high pick um, two years ago, 26 overall pick. Um, he's got the... He's basically... Got all the measurables. He runs a four-three-eight second forty-yard dash. No picks last year. No sacks last year. But I think without Denzel Ward, what are we going to see? Yeah, I I think that he's got the best chance um, of any of their players to make the uh, make the Pro Bowl. But yeah, it's it's a tough one. There there wasn't any real standouts amongst the pack. They've a lot of those guys had been there before. Um, or um, any of the promising players are behind other pro bowlers that are just so much more talented. Like you look at um, Frymuth at, at a, a Pittsburgh, but he's got to compete with like Travis Kelsey and um, your Mike Gesicki's, your who are Mark Andrews. Like there's a lot of guys for him to try and compete with that I just don't think that he can get over uh, that talent. Um, what about Joe Burrow, mate? He's not a surprise though. No, it's not a surprise. Yeah, that, that's what I think. He's, yeah, 
It wouldn't surprise me at this point. Um, best rivalry, it's got to be the Steelers-Ravens. They hate each other, and every time they play, uh, there's always going to be fireworks, and there's always going to be big hits. I think that that's the thing that translates the most in the in the AFC North is just it's a hard-nosed, like old-school football-style division, and I love watching any of those division games. Yeah, I think um, that one's a pretty easy one there as well. But what is your prediction? Four to one. What's your prediction for the AFC North? I uh, I deleted and typed and deleted and typed this one a few times. But here's what I'm going with. Number four, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yep. Number three, the Jacoby Brissett-led Cleveland Browns. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> grim. Ugh. Uh, number two, the Baltimore Ravens and number one the Cincinnati Bengals I think that's pretty fair mate that'd be what I would have it the I mean, bookies, to, give you don't I, have it give, to give you an idea about how rough it is to pick this decision I changed that twice while we were speaking I was looking down at it going don't know don't know um, but I think that's what we're going to go with yeah, I, I'm, I'm in agreement. Uh, that'd be what I'd have, so. All right, well, let's go into the mailbag now. Uh, a very short mailbag this year, but still a couple of great questions in there. Uh, question one, cause for concern when players arrive at training camp out of shape. Uh, looking at players like Leonard Fournette uh, with Tampa Bay. Uh, that was from Ben from Newcastle. What do you think, Ol? Um, It's a tricky situation. I think we were chatting about it before, and it does sort of depend... Um, on the position. I feel like if you're an O-lineman and you come back out of shape, they're probably like, oh boy, he's picked up some more kilos. We can work <laughs> with that. We saw Lenny Fournette come back this year and he looked... Big Lenny. He looked like he was bloody um, doing his Eddie Lacy impression. <laughs> um, they're all coming in their costumes too, okay? <laughs> he just didn't get the memo that... Uh, yeah, <laughs> non-aesthetic costumes, please. That said... I think that it's hard to maintain that body shape um, all year round. You know, let them have their off-season. If he's able to build his... That's what the training camp's for. No one rocks up the preseason in full condition. How many preseasons... There's a difference between not being in shape and being, like, (laughs) gigantic. Yeah, I've seen a lot of memes about it, but I don't think it was... There's a reason Eddie Lacy isn't playing football anymore. I don't think it was that bad. So I think that he'll be right. Um, I'm going to jump on the other side of that. I think that you look at the top players in the league and they are constantly grinding. They're constantly working. You look at your Derek Henry's, your Alvin Kamara's, the top cream of the crop at the running back position are constantly in shape. You're a professional football player. You're paid to do this. Keep your body in shape. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. You only, but you only get... Like, if, if you're the best of the best at running back, you get maybe 10 years. And you're going to waste time that you could be spending learning the playbook, getting getting used to it, getting even more fit to try and cut the kilos, cut the, cut the pounds and make weight. I just don't think it's a good idea. Well, it's interesting because I feel like Lenny Fournette was going to have a fantasy god year this year, I felt like. He was going to get all the touches with... Um, Jones has left, hasn't he? He's definitely not there. Is it Jones? Yeah. I'm thinking of from last year. Ronald Jones. Ronald yeah. Jones. Yeah, he's not there anymore. But they drafted Rashad White 
in the third round, and he is being they love him in training camp this year. They've yeah. been loving him, which is bad news for Lenny Fournette when he comes back out of shape. But um, I think that you might like. I think that if there was a veteran backup there, they I think Bruce is the kind of guy that would say, "Stuff you, Lenny. I'm going to give it to the guy that's rocked up in shape." Um, and but. Because Rashad White's that backup and he's a bit younger, he hasn't had any experience, that I still think that Lenny's going to start with the majority of touches. Yeah, I, I still tend to agree. Uh, moving on now to our next question. Uh, Joe from Newcastle, a podcast favourite, has asked, who wins the Brownlow this year? I'm going to have to go with um, Andy Brayshaw. Now, Andy Brayshaw at the moment looking at the um looking at the Brownlow predictor is the favorite a lot of people have been predicting him to sort of have a bit of a, a down um year to finish the year um but that said I still think that he can um get the job done he's been playing yeah. some really good footy he played well against Melbourne um it'll be interesting to see I think he'll need to get a few wins with Frio because I feel like whilst he played well against Melbourne on the weekend on 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 Friday night Melbourne dominated that game so he's gonna struggle to get one or even uh, two votes there which will hurt him so his team's just got to keep winning yeah definitely there um my pick is probably I know it's a safe pick but probably Lockie Neal I mean he is the favorite he's going for his second time um yeah, I'm going to I'm going to stick with the favorite here and not try and pull some Callum Mills like I tried to in the preseason out of out of nowhere, but um yeah, I think Lockie Neal. Yeah, I think that that's a that's a reasonable call. He's sort of had a bit of a drop off in the last couple of weeks, but I think that they're expecting him to sort of steer the course and basically get back and and win it, take it from Andy Brayshaw's hands, Clayton Oliver's hands, but we'll just wait and see what happens. Yeah, that's about it. All right, well, that's uh, coming into our last segment now, the Lock of the Week segment. Now, looking at the uh, lock score, uh, based on the results from last week, it is now 9-7. to seven. The margin stays at 2 because both of our locks got up. This seems to be a rare occurrence this year, uh, but we both got up in the same week. The Swans absolutely smoked and embarrassed embarrass the Giants. Any Swans fans out there, celebrate hard because that was just an awesome win to watch. It's very fun anytime we embarrass the Giants. Yeah, I don't know why you're so obsessed with them, mate, because I just think that they're they're really... It's hard to think. They're rubbish and their fans are jerks, all two of them. Um, Yeah, I just think they're idiots. It's hard to think. And they always beat us in the finals too, so that, that makes it tough. The Giants actually made it. (laughs) <laughs> to the uh, semis last year, which is just crazy to think about. Wild. They've made a grand final in the last five years, so it's like, what do you do? What do you say? But that that team, they're going to need Clarko, or they're going to need someone to come in and basically, not clear house, but there's a lot of guys in that list that either don't want to be there or just want to be there for the money. Um, yeah, which can be interesting a- to see. Your Tim Tarantos... Your Lockie Whitfields, um, there's a lot of guys there that have been top-notch players for that team that could go go wandering. And while ever they're struggling um, in-house, they're just going to bring up performances like that. And that was a pretty bad one. Mm, bowling shoe ugly. Um, and then your lock, the Saints did uh, hold off the Hawthorne Hawks and got up there. So it's 9-7. to seven. 
Uh, moving into our locks for this week, who have you got? Mate, I've got Brisbane to beat Carlton. This isn't a um, this isn't a example of well, let's pick Brisbane. So if Carlton win, I win both ways. No, Carlton are going to lose, mate. They've uh, hit a wall, um, which may have been expected for a team that hasn't made the eight, and they're just um, they're just uh, they're just making their way to ninth position. Harrison Harrison had him in his prelim last week. Yeah. I think that uh, it was a bit of a reality it's a bit of a reality check for everyone here. I was being kind. Um, I thought we weren't talking about Carlton today. You expressly said to me we weren't talking about them before the podcast. Yeah, we're not because I think you, that um, <laughs> the swearing, the beat button would get a workout, mate. So let's uh, move on from that insipid performance. Well, uh, for my log this week, I'm going to double down. The Swans, um, the line for the Swans game is 45 and a half plus. Um, a dollar and it, 90. So we always try and keep everything above the dollar fifty mark. Yeah. Just as a bit of a guide. So you may think, why aren't these blokes like picking like dollar oh five favorites? So that's what we try and keep around. Not so much because we're betting. We don't really bet on any of these, but it's just a bit of a marker where we can say, look, this isn't a sure thing, but it's a it's it, enough it, where you can sort of have, you know, it's it's, it's a, a bit of a challenge. A bit, it's a bit, bit of a challenge. Fun. Uh, yeah, we wanted to keep it fun. It's no fun if we're just picking the absolute like Geelong to win every week. It's it's still designed to be a little bit challenging. And yeah, so I've got Swans to win by 45 and a half plus, which, to be honest, isn't bloody challenging at all, is it? $1.90, are you a betting man? <laughs> <laughs> if I was, I would be putting my, what was it, 10 grand on? 10 grand. On the Swans to get over 45 points? My goodness. Uh, if they play anything like they did against the Giants last week, they're going to absolutely smoke them. Well... That probably just about wraps it up, but I'm having a bit of a think. Yep. We might bring out a social question, but what do we want? We, we've done North. Do we want to go South next week? Do you think we want to head to the NFC? Do we want to head South for our superlatives next week? Because we do want to continue this towards the end of the season, just so we can get a bit um, of football chat in. Yeah, um, let, us, let us know on the socials if you've got an opinion on uh, where we should go next. Uh let us know because um, we'd really love to hear from you. But like we said, that is the end of our podcast. So make sure you hit us up on all the socials at Road Trip Sports Pod. We're on Facebook, we're on Instagram, and we're on TikTok. Uh, you can find us on YouTube, Road Trip Sports Podcast is where you can search to find that. Uh, any email inquiries, if you'd like to get in touch with us, roadtripsportspodcast at gmail.com is how you can get in touch or you can slide into our DMs with any questions you'd like on our podcast we'd love to hear from you yeah it's been real it's been good just hasn't been real good mate (laughs) not real good for your calm blues (laughs) eh? uh that's it from us thanks so much for listening and we will catch you next week see ya